Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that intro song. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, what do the kids call it? That's uh, a bit of a banger. I believe I can say that. Anyways, um, I promise only Christmas music for a couple weeks, and that'll be it. Um, but we'll have some fun with it. Anyways, hope you like that one. Uh, here we are, episode number seven. Um, wow, we're just cruising right along. Uh, episode number seven uh, is brought to you by John Deere. Check them out at deer.ca. Yeah, you heard that right. Did Santa get my Christmas list early? Have I been a good boy in 2023? John Deere on the What the Futures podcast. This is a big deal for me, okay? As you can tell, uh, super pumped to have them as part of the show. Uh, as a as a kid growing up in Dormy, Saskatchewan, uh, the first tractor that I was allowed to do chores with was the 1965 4020 on the farm. Power shift, eight speed. We had like the bucket, forks, and uh, that was the first tractor, farm tractor I ever drove. And uh, we used that tractor to uh, to clean out the barn and stuff. It it did everything. Um, but uh, specifically, my brother and I had chickens and uh, laying hens, and uh, you know that's how we uh, that's how we bought our our first dirt bike. That's what um, you know paid for our camping adventures, whatever we had going on. Uh, we were selling those eggs for like a buck or two, a dozen, you know, back in the late nineties. Uh, so the forty twenty was the first tractor that I that I was uh, allowed uh, to kind of drive uh, on the farm. And uh, I, I would say probably the best tractor ever made as well. That's what my dad told me this morning when we were chatting. Um, the first tractor on the farm, my grandpa's first tractor was the Model B. Um, my dad currently today has a, a John Deere 60 on the farm, a John Deere 830, a John Deere D that he uses for tractor pulling. Uh, we uh, obviously operate some slightly newer equipment these days, but... Uh, uh, quite green on the farm. So I'm super excited. Uh, stay tuned for for a lot more uh, content from the good folks over at uh, John Deere. Uh, alrighty, a Christmas theme. Uh, if you see me dressed as Buddy the Elf next week, uh, don't be alarmed. Well, you can be alarmed, but um, it's not the, the prettiest sight. Um, but uh, we do have 12 videos uh, that will start going out uh, the 12 days of Christmas uh, with the What the Futures podcast. I have uh, partnered with uh, about nine or 10 companies so far uh, to create these uh, little Christmas uh, videos, uh, some insight into 2024 with some of these great uh, Canadian egg uh, companies here as well. And uh, you can follow us along on on our social media feeds uh each company is donating a, a great prize to give away so you just have to go uh like the post uh share it whatever uh the call to action is for that day and uh, you can uh, potentially win yourself a, a nice little prize uh so you'll see a few of these videos here for the rest of the month uh and uh i certainly have been having a lot of fun with them uh the other thing that i'm having fun with is uh i just went out across our our social medias here is the farmer letter to Santa. Uh, those will be due on December 20th. 
I'll read them on the podcast on Friday, uh, December 22nd. Uh, you know, go take a look at it. Um, again, you can put your first name only and, and, and fill it in. I'll have a nice little prize pack for somebody uh, that submits that. You can email it to us. You can uh, send it back through our, our messaging on, on social media. Um, however you want to get it back to us, uh, do that. And we'll pick a winner for some What the Future swag. And I'll put a nice little holiday-spirited uh, prize pack together. Uh, have some fun with it. I want to know what you guys are thinking. Uh, what do you need on the farm in, in 2024? What do you want to ask Santa for? And uh, and I'll read the, the best ones on that Friday the 22nd episode. Uh, someone told me the other day that, Ryan, you cer certainly love Christmas. And I, I didn't think that I was a big Christmas guy. Um, but now, you know, after looking at some of this stuff, uh, I am coming to the realization, I guess I am a Christmas guy. So, uh, so here we are. All right. A positive moment for the week. It is of course, positive Friday. That's when these episodes, uh, are released. Uh, so I, again, close to home for me all the time, right? I'm, I'm a big family guy. Uh, but my son, uh, Finn, he is turning 11 months old here in, in a day or two. And uh, this week he decided it was time to keep up with his older sister. So we have a walker, uh, another walker in the house. Um, we do need to get him a helmet um, just to help him out a little bit, I think, because uh, a couple of bumps and bruises along the way. But uh, it's been just great uh, seeing him uh, motor along here over the last couple of days. Every day is getting stronger and stronger. Uh, my other positive moment, I like to give a couple. Well, the podcast is officially a month old. Um, here we are. Uh, it's been listened to in uh, 10 countries. Uh, so thank you farmers for vacationing. Uh, we've had 1250 listeners tune in over the month. Uh, we have, I think around 90 subscribers now. Um, uh, that would be subscribing through the podcast platforms. There's eight of them, right? Uh, uh the call to action last week. So we're up to eight now. So thank you um for that Trent's not on his own anymore and uh and then also we've just had a, a variety and range of guests and that looks like it's going to continue to expand here for the podcast um getting a, a few other people reaching out and, and a few other people wanting to uh to jump on so again just looking to get some additional uh, great content for farmers in the prairie provinces here um and, and of course, feedback. I've received, um, you know, a, a decent amount of feedback over the month and uh, I appreciate it. You know, good, bad or ugly. I certainly appreciate you reaching out. Um, uh, folks that I, I've never chatted with before are sending me messages. And uh, uh, like I said, you guys have a chance to steer the show at times. And so, uh, you know, keep sending in the feedback. I appreciate it. Uh, of course, you can always help me out. Uh, head to our website, whatthefuturespodcast.ca, to subscribe to our updates. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, as I just mentioned. Um, and uh, you can check that out in, in the episode guide here of, of the podcast you're listening to. Uh, and also, uh, you can text me, 1-855-606-1889. Uh, in fact, you can do your letter uh, to Santa, take a picture of it, text it over to me. Uh, and that will get you in uh, for that uh, What the Futures prize pack as well. Uh, all right, folks, uh, let's get to our veggies here. Uh, let's get to our hard work uh, of the uh, of the day uh, and our key takeaways. So uh, a reminder 
that you should always seek the advice of a professional uh, when it comes to crop marketing and some of these farm decisions. Uh, what I talk about on the What the Futures podcast is for information purposes only. Prices can change very quickly. At some point, I'll get a more professional disclaimer at the beginning of the show. Uh, but uh, we are starting to toss out things for growers to look at and consider when you're doing your your 2024 business planning and farm planning. And um, I want to continue to do that, but we also, uh, I need you to realize that there's a lot smarter people out there than myself, and uh, you should reach out to those wonderful, wonderful folks. Uh, all right, so I have actually five things uh, for us to work on right now. And my last one, number five, uh, I just want to, you know, just, Hang in there for me because number five is it's a great time to deliver grain, not a great time to sell grain. And I'm going to talk about this feeling that everybody has right now. So just hang in here. Minutes. All right, let's talk about urea and even FOSS. Let's throw fertilizer in the in the conversation here. Uh, urea has seen a, a price decline. Uh, we talked about it last week. We've been talking urea for the last couple of weeks here. You're now around 700 bucks a ton, even a six- uh, high sixes, six ninety, six ninety five in there, and I'm just uh, you know giving you um, some feedback that I received from uh, ADM. I was on their conference call this week. I I saw Josh Linville with Stonex his latest uh, tweets. I even have a an industry contact. He's like a secret agent contact. He's he's well positioned uh, in the fertilizer market in Western Canada. And he also suggested to me that it would be a good time to consider some additional coverage on urea. Uh, he was uh, hearing that retailers, so the people that you buy from, are taking some some bigger bites on, on buying fertilizer here, and they're speaking for product. So he thought that might be a signal for farmers to jump in here as well. Uh, there is always a chance for prices to decline, right? And even uh, I believe it was ADM mentioned that prices could soften a little bit uh, after maybe that February time frame. But in Western Canada, we we don't often see that. Uh, and logistics might be one of those reasons we don't see it. But um, I would encourage you reach out to your retailers, have a great conversation with them. Do not wait for that Christmas to New Year's break. I know a lot of you will write business that week. Go sooner. Head to town a little bit sooner this year. I wouldn't be surprised if that demand uh, has prices on the rise here over the next uh, couple of, of weeks. So go ahead and, and have that meeting a little bit earlier here uh, for 2023. Um, you can always go visit them during Christmas and New Year's uh, and have some Christmas cheer. Like You can definitely still do that. Just maybe book your fur before you go. Uh, all right, number two. Again, we're getting our veggies in here. We're getting our hard work done. Uh, canola futures. I, I want to like hum the song, you know, don't worry, be happy. Um, terrible singing voice. And uh, unfortunately, that may come out over the next couple of weeks. But um, obviously, it's tough with futures falling like they have. It's tough to not worry. Um, our problem has been just a little bit of a lack of export business to China. Um but I would expect that to change in the early part of 2024. Uh, canola exports were actually at a seven-month high in October. Uh, I didn't realize that until uh, this morning. Uh, I was reading a, a great little article from Oil World, 
And uh, they said that October was a seven month high, uh, but that fell off drastically in the month of November. Uh, They also expected crush to be a record 10.6 million metric tons. But of course, the crop is 18.3, a little bit of carryover. Uh, We still need to export. Right. And so we need to see that demand. Will canola futures cruise higher in 2024? Uh, I guess I don't, I can't officially tell you yes, because um, I don't know uh, necessarily. Uh, but many analysts across uh, the prairies were talking about making that sale at 700 to 725. Uh, and, and even yesterday saying they were optimistic. Uh, that they would that they would get another chance at that level. Now, of course, uh, I tease that the sell-off started because companies, uh, large consulting firms, made that recommendation a couple weeks ago. Um, but it looks like when we get back there, that's when the next sale rec is going to come out here once again. So uh, again, if you're looking to generate some cash flow for the winter, that might be uh, the futures level that you look at. Uh, the the problem that we have is um, our crush plants across uh, uh, Alberta and Saskatchewan are putting out um, signals, basis levels getting worse, that they're filling up for the winter. And, um, you know, and with a lack of export program, that's, uh, I believe, 100% legit. Uh, so, you know, if you want to get generate Janfeb cash flow, you, you may have to seek out a line company now. And hopefully you get a little bit of that export demand uh, that helps us move some business over to those folks. We just can't crush it all. Um, and of course, keep an eye on your energy markets because that's going to be an influence here as well uh, in the price of canola in, in the new year. But I would I would suggest uh, not to get too stressed out about it at, at this time. I don't know if that's worth anything to you, but um, I... Uh, yeah, December is a tough time to market grain. All right, let's move over now. Brazil, uh, we'll get a, an update and a fresh outlook from BAM WX uh, in next week's episode. Uh, but I did want to highlight that um, uh, there, uh, there are rain events happening, but they have not been consistent and uh, they are uh, tracking below normal for this time of year. It, it's one of those uh, scenarios where you see the rains happening, it's not hitting everywhere. There's still problem areas, but it's enough, you know, for the trade to just relax a little bit and not stress out about it too much. We do have a USDA report uh, that's going to come out on Friday, December 8th. So by the time you're listening to this, maybe that's had an influence. Maybe uh, the report has has dropped Brazilian production down. We'll see. Um, We'll see what that looks like. But uh, the long-range forecast, last we checked, not great for rain events, moisture events. Uh, that's a crucial and more critical time for plant development. And so my point here for now is the story's not over, in my opinion, and will take time to develop. All right, number four. Again, there's five. We're just about there. Now, wheat basis. Uh, I cringed earlier this week when I heard a grain buyer presentation. Um, there are fantastic grain buyers across the prairies. I don't mean to pick on the grain buyer. But uh, the presentation was interesting. It wasn't optimistic. <laughs> um, but in there, they, there was a recommendation, a call to action to do a wheat basis contract. Um, and that's scary stuff for me now because uh, they didn't highlight any bullish factors to influence wheat futures higher. I know, I know 
What the Futures podcast was talking and promoting basis contracts weeks ago. And we got some great basis levels locked up. But uh, we, we have a plan to execute that at the higher end of the trading range, which Spring Wheat's uh, showing a little bit of life here uh, to get that tidied up. Um, I want to be more optimistic, folks. But if we're all writing wheat basis contracts, I don't know. It still stinks to me, but time will tell. Just be cautious. Have a plan. Have an exit strategy on, on, your, on your wheat basis contract. Again, seek a professional for this uh, advice. Uh, all right, number five. Uh, it, it is December is a great time to deliver grain. This year, especially with the weather being mild, right? Truckers are enjoying it. Cows are enjoying it. Um, great time to deliver grain. Not a great time to sell grain. I know it's that gut-wrenching feeling um, as the market slides and drops. And I also know that a lot of canola was sold this week in this sell-off. The buyers were busy. Um, from what I can tell, they were quite busy. And, and sometimes it's best to avert your eyes and focus on other projects. Focus on something else to do. Again, delivering grain is fun in December. Selling grain traditionally is, is not. It, it's a tough month for canola sales. And the stats can report was always going to highlight a, a much larger number than what they printed in September. Now, we won't have Chuck on for a couple of weeks here, but uh, he talked about there wasn't a, an update to acreage numbers, so they didn't resurvey acres, so there could be some additional changes down the road. Um, recession talks, the energy market uh, concerns, that all added to the sell-off. And then, of course, farmers... Uh, feeling undersold that, that also contributed and, and did lead to some uh, mass sales this week. Um, do I know where this market is going? No, I, I don't. Um, but I do believe this market will find reason to rally again. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised uh, to see a fairly wide range in grain or uh, canola sale levels here in, in 20. 23 into 24. And what I mean by that is if you sold, you know, 15, I wouldn't surprise me to get another chance at 17. And you never know what happens in the spring. So I know it's tough, folks. I know my words don't necessarily help. But um, anyways, uh, I'm, yeah, just trying to uh, help contribute here just a, a little bit to make you feel a little bit better heading into the holiday season. All right. So that is my, my big, uh, um, areas to focus on right now. We are going to change it up here a little bit. I'm going to bring in uh, Daryl Kuzan from the Conexus Credit Union. Um, he'll join me in just a few moments here. After we get wrapped up with Daryl, we're going to go talk about futures moves real quick. We'll talk about exciting grain prices uh, that we're seeing uh, across the Prairie Provinces. And then if we have any uh, uh, focus on the farm and and any homework to do here for for this week. So uh, let's uh, let's cut over to Daryl. All right, I've got Daryl Kuzan joining me here on the What the Futures podcast. Daryl, how is your week going? Oh, it's a great week today, Ryan. Uh, been I just came back from a farmer meeting in St. Louis. It was a good time talking about fertilizer. Yeah, it was it was good. Farmers awesome. seem to be pretty optimistic still, so that's good. 
That's always good. That's yeah. always good. Earlier in the episode, I had some just some some maybe some homework, some takeaways, things to focus on. And like, you know, you're seeing the canola market get absolutely destroyed here this week. But I, I'm sitting here being a little optimistic, saying, you know what? It's not as bad as it might look. It's going to be a little better 2024. So yeah. optimism is well, a good thing. Yeah, it came up a few bucks today, didn't it? 10 bucks yeah, or so came yeah. back up. If, 15 16 it was a better day yeah yeah um all right man so you work with uh connexus uh you work in the banking side of farming why don't you just give us a little intro uh on what you're up to yeah well i work with connexus out of the prince albert branch uh i've been dealing with farmers for the last 16 years prior to that i was a grain buyer out of malford and tisdale grain merchant up there and right now I got clients, or we call them members, because they're all members of the credit union, uh, mm -hmm. all the way from Nipwin to Spiritwood down to Radisson, all the way out to Watson. So I've got a pretty big area I cover up in the north. Yeah, so help them all with lines, term loans, mortgages, kind of everything in between. Yep. Yeah, it's a pretty fun job, yep. really. Good, good. So you're you're in the month of December now, end of the calendar year. What are you guys focusing on in, in, in your meetings? Well, Right now, it's uh, everybody's kind of in the holiday mode, but I'm trying to get guys ready for annual reviews and making sure that they know what uh, they got their credit lined up for next year, whether to be buying equipment, land, or or um, inputs. So that's where uh, lots of um, I find input prices have caught have increased substantially in the last few years, yeah, and that most guys finance that with operating credit at uh, their input facilities or through lines of credit with their banks or the credit unions. Yeah. Um, when you're looking at, at that year-end review, I'm just curious, are, are farmers, do they have like a, a program they use and they kind of submit those numbers to you? Or do you guys uh, do the number crunching for them? How does that uh, work? We work together. I send them out uh, sheets they got to fill out to give us their mm -hmm. year-end balances so I can keep track of uh, inventory level changes between year to year and cash and equipment. And if there's any equipment aging or if I see any anything weird in their numbers, we can discuss um, what should happen or what they should be watching for next year. Uh, mm -hmm. One thing I, I've been noticing the last few years is uh, interest costs on the farms has increased substantially. Uh, partly due to increased input costs, but a big one is, of course, interest rates. They've mm -hmm. come up a lot in the last two years, even. From a budgeting perspective, you know, I I've, I was a, obviously a crop marketing advisor for a long time, and and going over uh, you know break even numbers and interest cost was. You know, it was there, but it was just not a big discussion point for a lot of those years. It was just a very small number. And the other day, I was chatting with a farmer, and that number is is uh, it's a big number now, um, a much bigger number. So we have to pay attention to those interest costs. Um, what do you have for uh, for I guess tips or or specifics that you'd, you'd want to comment on when it comes well, to uh, interest costs? Yeah, so we've had some record uh, yields and record pricing over the last couple of years, which has made farmers have, have a lot of cash so they're rich in cash um, and guys are buying equipment out of cash so it sounds like a really good 
good idea not to have a loan when you're buying equipment. But what one thing's got people got to watch is if you got a line of credit or you're using your line, uh, you got to pay attention to what that's going to cost you at the end of the year. So I don't know, crop input costs is what three hundred bucks an acre roughly to put it in the ground. My close yeah. Ryan, yeah. probably about yeah. that. So yeah. if you're borrowing two hundred bucks an acre on your farm. Uh, just to put inputs, never mind buying equipment. Um, and a good rate right now for a line would probably be eight, eight and a half percent. Um, so you're talking 16, 17 bucks an acre on a very good line of credit. Um, if you're doing it with an FI with a crop inputs uh, facility, their rates are, I'm guessing, 12 percent. So mm -hmm. now you're talking. Quite a bit more money you're talking 24 25 bucks an acre that's yep. canola at today's price that's got to be two bushels of canola just about yeah yeah getting yeah. there yeah yeah sure yeah, yeah so, interest costs uh with some of these uh some of these retails i yeah i i've seen uh some 10s some 11s some 13s out there um it's it's getting getting substantial for sure yeah, for um, sure. And then go ahead. No, go for it. I was gonna say if you're gonna buy equipment, you could probably lock in your rate for substantially less than your eight percent or ten percent. You could probably still get in the high sixes, low sevens. So if you're gonna go buy equipment, make sure you talk to your banker or your advisor to make sure that you're using the right product for the right with the right term, right? Mm -hmm. Term loans for equipment, mortgages for land, uh, lines for operating. So say that one more time for me. Uh terms are yeah. for for equipment, mortgages for land, and uh lines of credit are for operating, not for equipment. Perfect. I put lines of credit are for trips to Hawaii, is what I wrote down. Oh, but yeah, they use that. Yeah. <laughs> lines, you could use those too, I guess, but it's gonna cost Perfect. you. It's gonna Perfect. ask your interest cost per acre, that's for sure. Uh I was in a, a meeting this morning. And it was about, uh, it was actually with a, a peer group um, of farmers. And uh, the, the financial advisor was talking about similar messages as you were cash, uh, you know, rich in cash or, or significant, significant amounts of cash around and, and protecting that cash. It was part of their conversation, trying to protect that cash and, and having that cash available for, uh, for like a, a rainy day or a chance to to do something for your farm operation right and i thought that was super interesting um they talked about more like a crop insurance strategy around protecting that cash how that that is on farm so i i just thought that was super interesting this morning yeah um sure. so uh anything else from the banking side that you're seeing uh, as you chat with growers, you said people are in decent spirits. Optimism's out there. Uh, yeah. We've got some strategies around, uh, you know, what to do with your your um, your loans and, and uh, operating yeah. lines. Uh, what else you got out there? Yeah. So basically, I've been telling my my members or my my farmers, I guess you could call them, the last number of years that cash is king, and without cash, it's hard to operate. So just keep that in mind. Um, if you want to prepay a loan, uh, whether it be a mortgage or a equipment loan, 
maybe try to put that in a term deposit for six months or a year. And if you do not need that cash after six year, six months or, or a year, uh, then I think you should take that cash and put it against your term loan or your, your uh, mortgage. Because once it's paid down to a loan or a mortgage, it's really difficult to get back because uh, mm-hmm. it's gone. So yep. cash is king all day long. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, you know, for 2024, I, I, I want to. I'm, I'm an uh, eternal uh, op- optimism type guy. I'm always optimistic, right? But uh, I think 2024 has opportunity um, and will present opportunity, and and it it will still be a, an exciting year, like it is every year. Um, but there's also that chance we are in a market downtrend. And, uh, you know, if we try to fast forward this for, for 12 months, it wouldn't surprise me to see some of these commodity prices even lower. And uh, 2024 is not going to be a cheap crop to grow. Um, it's still going to be an expensive one to grow. So, uh, again, cash, uh, cash is king is yeah, uh, just something sure. that makes sense. Yeah. And we come off some really strong years where debt servicing was easy. So we got to make sure we're budgeting for $14 canola maybe. Hopefully not less, but maybe you should budget for 13 in case it happens. Same with wheat and, and oats and yeah. barley. Yeah, I uh, I agree. Uh, aim aim a little bit lower and, and hopefully you, you uh, hit it out of the ballpark. So yeah, exactly. um, I, I appreciate you joining me uh, here in, in December as you're wrapping up the calendar year. Uh, I hope to have you back on the show in January if you're if you're up for it. I know from a financial side. Yeah, with farming, there's a lot for us that we can talk about. So uh, if you're up for it, I'd love to have you back on in 2024. That'd be awesome. Thanks, Ryan. You bet. Thanks, Daryl. Have yourself a Merry Christmas. You too. Thanks. Well, it's just fantastic when we can have guests from uh, from all parts of the industry joining us here on the show. Uh, so again, thanks, Daryl, for, for joining. Um, so we're just about at the end here. I, I want to go over futures. Um, Quickly, we do have that USDA report coming out as well. And Conab released their numbers. Uh, so let's just look at futures here. So canola, again, from uh, from last week, we're down about $34 a ton, um, which isn't very fun at all, folks. But uh, 666.40 is where we closed here on uh, as of recording uh, on the Thursday. Um, again, you, you, we were at 700 just uh, a, a week ago. So... Uh, that sell zone from a few analysts in that seven to seven twenty-five range. Uh, spring wheat gained six cents. So we're up about eleven cents here on the week. Uh, oats down ten cents. Uh, we hit four just a couple days ago, so we're trading three sixty-one. Uh, so that's uh, given back some of its gains here over the last couple days. Uh, corn up three and a half cents at four eighty-eight. That's up about eight cents on the week. Soybeans have lost thirty cents. Uh, trading at 13.30 did rebound a little bit up 14 cents as of recording and the Canadian dollar trading at 73.58 down from 74.10 just not long ago and when we were doing our basis contracts we were at 72.5 cents there Uh, all right so from a futures perspective um, I I, just to add we've seen the the weather uh, show precipitation events in brazil and and soybeans did uh have pulled back over over the week here uh from a cash bid perspective i don't even really want to 
talk about canola right now, if that's okay. Uh, spring wheat, uh, I'm still not seeing anything touch that $10 range for delivery this winter. Uh, basis levels uh, have been getting worse uh, as the futures have rallied and prices are staying you know, very similar from what I can tell in those mid nines for many of you. Um, that is one way to generate some cash flow right now, though, is to sell that that spring wheat and, and get some money going that way. Uh, one of the more exciting bids out there, uh, I guess, is is yellow peas starting to see that demand uh, again. Uh, I'm assuming uh, China's come in and made a purchase for February or March, uh, but I am seeing some $12 yellow peas for delivery here on the uh, kind of that mid to later part of, of winter. Um, and of course, uh, pea production in Western Canada was a little bit short uh, in 2023. So um, I'll be curious if we can see a little more upside uh, in those prices here. Um, if China was buying from Russia, maybe Russia has run out of yellow peas. Maybe I'm being too optimistic, uh, but let's keep an eye on what that yellow pea market does over the next uh, number of, of weeks here. Uh, what else do we have? Um, feed values kind of holding steady uh, for the most part. Feed barley, uh, not seeing much change in oats either, kind of a sideways trend uh, in oats. So uh, let's let's just move on from prices for now and uh, we'll see if we get something more uh, interesting for next week's episode. Uh, all right, um, what else do we have here? Focus on the farm. Oh, actually, before we get to that, uh, I did want to just tell you about the Conab numbers. Again, I don't like to talk about old news uh, if I can help it, but they came out uh, Thursday here with a, a soybean production number of 160.18 uh, million ton. And then there was the estimate from the trade a couple days ago. Uh, and, and so that is for the USDA report, the WASI report that is going to be printed tomorrow on Friday. Uh, pardon me, if you're listening, it's today actually, uh, but 160.16. So CONAB and, and the USDA very much uh, aligned. Uh, for this USDA report, uh, what I'm watching is will they increase uh, U.S. soybean and corn yield just a little bit? Um, might wait till January, but I, I wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if they raise it just a small amount because yields were a little bit better. Uh, than expected and then of course do they touch the south american numbers at all and and by what amount so that's the big ones for the usda report and obviously the market will reflect those numbers in in short order okay on the farm uh, we are uh uh well we're fixing combines um we are fixing combines right now um i know i told you the last couple of weeks you know spend time in the office um well, we've spent time in the office, so now it's time to start fixing combines again. And uh, so that's what's happening. Uh, we also, uh, we do have um, a, a meeting lined up uh, with our uh, our John Deere. Um, he's kind of the uh, the technical uh, guy. He, he helps with the John Deere Operations Center. And uh, we, we've got this uh, program we're using to track our, our costs and, and our return on investment and all the numbers for the farm. Uh, he is going to help us create some profitability maps. And uh, I'm not sure what's all on the agenda for that meeting, uh, but uh, uh, we'll see what I can report back here in the next uh, week or two. But anyways, uh, I love obviously love crunching numbers and, and uh, we'll see what uh, comes out of that. So excited for that. 
Um, yeah, and I I think for 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 this week's episode, that's going to be a wrap for us. Uh, uh, let me know if you like the Christmas music. Uh, we'll have it for a couple of weeks here. Uh, stay tuned for Buddy the Elf and those short videos coming out next week. And of course, we have that Dear Santa letter. You can uh, send your letter uh, to Santa Claus uh, to us. Uh, we will get it uh, over to the big man in time for the holidays. Let us know what you would like uh, on the farm uh, for a present in 2024. And I will hook you up with a nice little uh, bundle of uh, What the Future's gear. Maybe some Christmas cheer. I don't know, a snack or two. Uh, we'll make a nice little prize pack for you. So uh, thank you for tuning in this week. And uh, next week, we'll, we'll certainly talk weather with Bam WX. And uh, we'll see you, uh, who else joins us. So uh, that's it. Uh, I'm out. <laughs>